welcome to another episode of the Salt Cast, the podcast where we talk about games that we enjoy, don't enjoy. But not this episode. <laughs> this episode, I'm joined by my co-host as always, Dave. How you doing, Dave? Are we keeping this cut? <laughs> no. <laughs> what cut? <laughs> this is the beginning of the podcast. I'm sorry, I'll avoid any meta talk. Okay. <laughs> so I see you, uh, you brought in these, uh, these jellies today, Dave. Yeah, I got some as a gift in the mail from my lovely parents as like an early birthday present, along with some other stuff, but... This is edible and shareable, so... That's good. <laughs> Your parents don't send you edibles. <laughs> like I said, I don't, I don't want to talk about the other stuff that gets sent Um But yeah, they're a thicker type of gummy. It's coated in sugar. It's fruit slices for listeners. Yeah. But they are insanely delicious. It looks like a slice out of an orange or a uh, lemon. Or a, uh, a ch- cherry. <laughs> <laughs> the last one's a little bit hard. Yeah, it's a very large cherry. A cherry you could, like confidently take a bite out of i think one i'd be i'd stand back if it were about to pop (laughs) the blast radius would be significant yeah Mm -hmm. so what are your favorite types of gummies my favorite types of gummies i don't think i've never really thought of that as a type i think most of if i can break it down for you since Mm -hmm. you you've not already thought about this like i have okay sadly and depthly there's the more uh chewy or rubbery type kinds so you can sort of like gummy bears. Okay. Are those like the wax? Um, I know that there's there's two types. I know that there's like some that are based off of um, wax, like wax-based, and the other ones are like gelatin. I'll be honest. I don't know too much about gummies. <laughs> <laughs> one's more rubbery, and the other one's more uh, like chewy, but you can like bite through it, mm. but it's the thing that's going to be in your teeth for a fucking eternity. Yeah, I think that's And that's wax. where the um, jelly slices land on that scale, that spectrum. Gotcha. I do like wax more, more than gelatin. Uh, gelatin's made of, like, animal bones or something like that. Something weird that I know is perfectly natural and fine, but makes me uncomfortable when I think about eating it. <laughs> but have you had jello? <laughs> or rather, have you had, uh, what is it called, finger jello? I don't know what that is, no. Oh, alright, I'm going into more weird shit. <laughs> so, for a long time, I honestly didn't know what finger jello was. I just knew it was a better tasting variation of jello okay because typically you have jello at like a picnic and you grab like a spoonful and you put it on your plate yeah but you have like hot meat on your plate or something else and it the jello starts to like melt and yeah, ooze into nice the meat jello stuff mm. but you also can't really pick up jello with your hands just kind of mushes right it's a non-newtonian fluid that's not true <laughs> that's yeah, not that, true definitely not true um <laughs> just backspace the comment you're writing right now listening <laughs> so finger jello all it actually is, you just make it with half as much water as the quotes recipe calls for. Okay. So it's more concentrated, it's thicker, more rubbery, but it's a lot easier to pick up. Right. And usually it'll come out of a mold and have like little animal shapes, dinosaurs, other shit. So is this like these um, Christmas fruitcakes? Is it, is it like a fruitcake or not quite that? Is it more edible than a fruitcake, I guess? Everything's more edible than a fruitcake. <laughs> yeah. But it's probably closer to it than okay. standard jello. What I will say though, next time you have Jello, mm-hmm. which isn't common for an adult's diet, I understand. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so much a fan of Jello. I think you say I'm not so much an adult. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just having something that's light and sweet like that, if you mix it with a tortilla chip, again going back to the picnic, mm-hmm. you have that salty, crunchy with like the very soft sweet. Mm-hmm. So I'd make like little 
chip jello sandwiches. Oh, huh. That's interesting. Actually. I had a great diet as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> mine was mine was pretty bad too, for other reasons. I had a we used, we used to have like a pantry back mm-hmm. in Washington, and the uh, my parents for some reason would buy honey by the bucket, like large bucket, like ten gallon bucket. The fact you said bucket, it's already large. Jake. <laughs> Cause Not they, like a pail though. <laughs> like cause usually you get like less than a cup of honey. Yeah. And like the little, you get some 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 sort bear of bear or right, a, yeah. a beehive or something. Yeah. So I didn't know they actually sold it that size. Yeah, I don't. I to this day don't know how they got it actually, but um, I would go in with a spoon and just grab a spoonful of just raw, essentially uh, almost like beeswax honey. Oh, okay. And then just. Uh, eat that that changes the visual because i imagine you like going into the spoon and <laughs> like lifting like, it up <laughs> just but there's resistance from the other honey that's weighting it down no. and you just have this long sticky strand pulled up it's, it's kind of like a kind of twirl it like pasta and then <laughs> pop <Perfect>. it in <laughs> <laughs> no it's not not quite that bad but uh, a spoonful of it or like a sp- spoonful of like uh jet jet puff marshmallow cream whatever that oh is oh my god that, that was amazing <laughs> yeah like, once you find it, you find something you like in a spreadable fashion, you're like, this changes everything. <laughs> because now other things you're going to do, it's like, nope, it's a viable sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Just fucking spread it on. Throw some spread in there. There was a place in Bloomsburg. I forget the name of it. It was a piece of shit place, honestly. But it was like a small burger joint, kind of like a light diner feel. Like, you'd okay. have, like, the red trays, the... The wax paper. Right. Yeah, like burger like the fries. 50s like 50s thing, 60s thing. A little bit. Yeah. But they were trying to do a bit of their own thing. So they had a burger and had like some spicy sauce on top of it. Like hot peppers, onions, and other things. Yeah. But a part of their selling point was it also had like a decent smear of the jet puffed marshmallow. Because <laughs> you have that sticky sweet of the marshmallow. Uh I want to use the word juxtaposition in a sentence. Uh, juxtaposing the... Check that one off the list. Hey. <laughs> the insane spiciness of the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. That part of the burger. I imagine Jet Puff Marshmallow is pretty good at diffusing spice. <laughs> eh, it was an interesting blend. I thought it tasted okay at the time, but it didn't sit right with me. And then mm-hmm. I went to somebody's place later, and I got a room all to myself. Ah. For a bit, that was yeah. Yeah, that's a hotel, Dave. You're describing a hotel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that sounds that actually sounds a little bit disgusting. <laughs> More than a little bit, I guess. I guess sometimes you gotta watch out with that if it's too much of a contrast or you have something that's just like. Well, I think it was fine. Cheap. I just I have very weak insides. Mm. Like my brain's not like, like your heart, but like <laughs> <laughs> my heart is probably also weak. <laughs> Anything inside my body is not the strongest. <laughs> But it's a lot easier for me to like, oh yeah, I love a good hot sauce or a good spicy something, mm-hmm. and eat that. And mentally, I'm fine. Mouthwise, I get over that shortly. Right. But then my insides are like, we don't practice for this. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and it's like, just just pass it through. I don't want it. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm definitely. Uh, we tried a little bit of hot sauce uh, recently, uh, based off scorpion pepper, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to think like i used to know that i wasn't really good with actually hot things and then i just started to think over the years i was doing okay and then uh people that are 
way, way better with hot things, tried that hot sauce, and just didn't react at all. <laughs> They're just like, oh, yeah, this is this tastes good. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't taste anything. <laughs> that was fire. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, it was it was it was good. I just couldn't taste it. <laughs> it's a little unfortunate. Okay, so spice isn't really your thing. What's your go-to? I don't want to say guilty pleasure, but like, what's a meal? <laughs> We're gonna talk about spices t- tonight, dude. Oh, I don't I don't want to go into that again. This is being publicly broadcast. But we have our listeners not going to be ready for that. <laughs> let me quantify this down to um, guilty vice as far as food oh. that you're ingesting through your mouth. Ah. For the purposes of consumption, yeah. What's your go-to? Like this mm. is my favorite. Like thing. this is this is my favorite thing, or just something that's really. It doesn't need to be thing. literally your favorite thing because that's mm. always a pain in the dick to think about. There's a, uh, I guess something I just springs to mind from like local mm-hmm. something I could just like order in because I mean, I don't make food. Dave makes food, <laughs> but uh, there's these uh, teriyaki beef sticks. Um, it's a good sense, and they are like spiced amazingly, and they just taste super, super great. One, where are you getting the teriyaki beef sticks? There's a local Chinese place. Oh, that's yeah. Fine. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. I know, I know. I'm not making them. <laughs> I don't find them anywhere magical. It's not like a. Wasn't sure if it kind of like was on the side, mm-hmm. the ground. Like, oh, next to some flowers. Oh, yeah. like there's like little flowers. Oh, little flowers. Oh, little teriyaki beef sticks. <laughs> Pick a couple. Yeah, <laughs> herbology skill increased. <laughs> But no, they're actually uh, they're actually legit, um, and I probably they come in kind of like a serving size of two. I reliably get like at least four yeah. <laughs> on top of whatever else I'm getting because <laughs> they're just that good. Uh, it's just teriyaki is a great flavor profile because it hits that umami perfectly. Mm. It's it's savory. It's sweet. What does that mean? <laughs> umami is, I think, the that that's not two words, right? Umami. <laughs> umami. <laughs> No, it's another flavor profile, like salty, sweet, sour, bitter. Ah, interesting. Hmm. They, I think, made it official um, a couple of years back. Is there, like, a committee that decides these things? I, ever? I don't know. So they put it in a textbook, finally. <laughs> but it just hits that point where, like, you, you crave more of it. Gotcha, yeah. I get that. Like, umami is something that would make you drool, in a way. Mm. So, so you've got like a really savory piece of meat that you're looking forward to eating. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like whets the appetite. Gotcha. So it's kind of the drive to eat this specific thing. It's got a particularly strong... You've got a, a strong incentive to eat it. Beyond just eating for eating's sake and attaining calories to sustain your body. I wouldn't <laughs> say an outright yes. But <laughs> <laughs> similar to. Yeah. I'm guilty of the second thing, which is sometimes calories. You know, drink drink some soy, you know, alternate meal thing. But it's, to a certain extent, liquid depression. I'm a, I apologize to our soy sponsor. I <laughs> realize we're not doing a really great job representing you, know, but... I don't think it's bad, but... <clears throat> also, we're not sponsored by soy we're not We're not related yet. to them. <laughs> but reach out to us. <laughs> but if, like, I'm having a meal, like, outside of breakfast, which is kind of a... Just be patient until lunch, don't fucking eat everything so if I have like a, a heavy like breakfast sandwich yeah I'm not eating lunch until like 2 yeah it pushes and then I'm gonna so just far. have a deep breath or two but like if I'm having meals it's limited in a day I look forward to them because I get to choose what I want to put into my body right and I want it to taste good <laughs> I want to I don't want it to be like a well lunch is here 
right. 10 minutes of just putting something in my face. Government mandated oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> Though I like oatmeal. I just do. No, like a good bowl of oatmeal. Never, never turn it away. That's, that's a way better way to start the day than I pretty much ever do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Speaking of starting the day, so let's say it's the weekend. Yes. <laughs> Already good, right? <laughs> you wake up at your uh, normal 1 p.m. Right. And you're in PJs and you log on your computer. Yeah, I stumble outside my room, not outside. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> looking at Jake dead in the face, I'm like, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> Collapse onto the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Wait for the sunlight to wake me up. The long preface was for, um, what are you playing currently? Uh, game-wise, um, I've been playing, I've been playing some, uh, most, most recently, actually, I've been playing, uh, Neo Scavenger, which is, like, what is that? So, it's, it's another kind of, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic flash game that's on Steam, and it's not, like, a first-person shooter or a third-person shooter or something like that. Most of the game is moving around on hexes, but the premise is, you scavenge things, fight, uh, opponents, and, um get like kind of random loot try to survive everything basically degrades over time Mm -hmm. and most of the world wants to kill you um but there there is like a story there as well it's just you'll probably not experience it first playthrough because it is permadeath and a roguelike yeah um it's got like a pretty basic ui like there's a lot of just um i was wondering about the ui thank you (laughs) yeah wondering like uh it's it's just like most of the game is just clicking on things and then hitting confirm. You're just like, oh, you're in this situation. What do you want to do? Uh, I'll hit the button that says advance and then click confirm. Right? Like it's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not inspired, right? It's not like that as far as the control. But it feels it feels good. It feels fun to like build stories. Sort of. It's one of those kinds of games where everything has a lot of weight. Like you can feel like you're doing all right, and then just get injured in a fight and. Like, it turns into an infection and you die. Because <laughs> there's this whole, like, medical system that you don't even have first-hand information about unless you pick Medic as, like, one of your starting perks, which costs points. Is um, there progression, though? Like, if you go back through, you can put more points in something? Not like a lot of other roguelikes like that. Like, if you start over, you start over with a new character. But you will know, like, more about the world. Certain things don't really move. Uh, like there's a major city you can find right and uh, if you find like a map you can locate that major city which will mark it kind of on your map and then if you go there it's pretty much there in all playthroughs um and that can make like a huge difference in your survival so there's some persistence through playthroughs but it's not mm-hmm. it's for your stat based yeah it's more of like practice convenience in a way yeah and you get more of the story so like um you wake up in like a cryo facility and there's you your character doesn't this is you know the old trope for games your character has amnesia like claps hands all right we've wrapped that up we now have synced our player to the in-game character (laughs) and everything's going to be fine um but uh you can kind of like go out and figure out more about what's going on in the world and if you figure that out in one playthrough it's not like there's uh, there might be a main story you can actually beat but um a lot of the information you can just figure out on any playthrough so it's you kind of piecing it together, which I enjoy. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, but it's also like not a traditional game in the way that it's played. And like I said, it's really easy to just make a mistake and die. Like you can <laughs> be camping out in the wild, and you're like, okay, I have my campsite. 
it's in like a cluster of trees so there's a little bit of reduced visibility and I'm gonna like put uh, some noise traps around my camp so if I sleep here because I'm really tired if I sleep here and like regain my energy bar um, if someone stumbles across my camp hopefully they hit the trap and I'll be able to wake up search the woods try to identify who they are or run, run away right and survive that encounter but you like neglect to do that one time and if you're like unlucky you're just like, oh no, I didn't camp in a clump of trees. I camped in like on the plain, like open plains, and I lit a fire, and then I like stoked it as big as it could get. So there's like n absolute visibility where I'm at, and then I just like passed out on the ground and didn't do anything else. You'll just you can, you can sleep like that, and then you'll get this like the credits literally, and this little post mortem of all of the rounds of combat that occurred while you were unconscious. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And usually going unconscious. Jake took a blow to the face. Jake did not respond. <laughs> it's, it's literally like that, too. It's like uh, uh, an unknown assailant like hit you in the face with a hammer or something like that. And you're like, oh, jeez. Yeah. It's like you're now unconscious. You're dazed, whatever. Um, but you get to do that for everybody else, too. So, like, combat's really deadly. And if you, like, sneak up on somebody at, like, nighttime, you can be like, oh, I'm going to, like, put this little... Um, if you have, like, a certain skill, like trapping or something, you can, like, set a little trap there. And uh, as they're approaching, trying to, like, get to you, they'll trigger the trap, like, take a bunch of damage, fall down, and you're just like, well, time to walk up and start stabbing. <laughs> something like that. So, it's, uh, it's pretty fun for that. Those are definitely the game strengths, though. What about, uh, that was <laughs> quite a spiel. <laughs> we'll cut that off, put it in its own episode. <laughs> what, uh, what have you been playing recently? Uh, shit. I should have known this question was coming. <laughs> Unprompted. I mean, some of the mainstays always go back to, as you know, Binding of Isaac. Yeah, classic. If you're like Another a, roguelike. Hey. <laughs> if you're like a dual monitor setup if I'm watching something, but it's more absent-minded because it's almost rote in the mechanics because you right. get so used to it. I'm still not good at the game. Let me <laughs> squash that thought. Yeah, like, how, how, how far are you off of any percent world record right oh, now never, for, for random math? Never going to platinum that. <laughs> uh, Dota 2, also. Yeah. Not a game I'm amazing at, but I'm better than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you just pray that you match up against those guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we play with a good group, a fun group. We're not always the best. Sometimes we get our shit kicked in. Sometimes we kick other people's shit in. Mm -hmm. But it's a... Good in that it's dynamic. It's never, I'm never doing the exact same match each time. Right. Which is fun. You got a good social group for it too. Like yeah. You enjoy being around the people that you're playing with, which is a great thing. No, that's the best. I <laughs> uh, did start playing Hollow Knight a little bit recently. Oh, yeah. A friend got that, got that for me. Shout out to you. America's favorite soup. <laughs> Not that he'll ever listen. Yeah. Um, we'll censor his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Are these people going to, like, look them up? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think it'll matter. Yeah. Well, this whole section, all of this discussion about it being cut will just be reduced down to you just saying Ian and then cutting in with whatever you're about to say. America's favorite soup. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, too good. Um, but yeah, Hollow Knight is roguelike. It is a platformer. In the same way, like any Metroidvania is mm. in that genre, but you don't have any upgrades. You're just a guy, and you have a directional attack. Mm -hmm. Your weapon's called like a nail, so kind of like it in that 
it's very simplistic. Right. You don't know much about the game world, but obviously, uh, further you go and deeper you down, you get into the mines. I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like your character just like stumbled on this place, and you're like, "I want to explore. Cool." And everybody you run into is like, "Oh, backstory about the things." Yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but I also don't remember parts of it because I've been playing it intermittently. That makes it really easy not to yeah. spoil that. <laughs> If it, if it would also be spoilers to you, it's yeah. difficult to spoil to other people. But it's a really beautiful game. Um, I like the soundtrack so far. Uh, mechanically, just it feels good. Mm. I finally got a mobility upgrade where I can do like an air dash, which is really awesome. Screw attack. <laughs> Not that good, sadly. <laughs> that was only in Castlevania, anyway. Um, yeah, that's where that came from, right? <laughs> Again, backspace your comments. <laughs> but yeah, I actually played a little bit. Um, I haven't uh, come back to it. It did. It was like amazing for the amount of like detail they actually put in that game. Oh yeah. Sometimes you get like I don't know exactly who developed it, but they seemed like an indie dev. But they just pump out ridiculous amounts of quality into the game. Like you get the feeling that a game was just lovingly polished, like Stardew Valley or something like that, where it's just like all right, this is now, you know, your magnum opus as a game developer and possibly a human being. It's pretty impressive. You peaked. Kill yourself. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people who invest themselves entirely into that yeah. one project. It's always nice to see. Yeah, I've heard that that's the... Uh, <laughs> that, that, that came out around when a lot of games were being labeled, like, uh, Souls-likes, oh, right? fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that shit so much. Honestly, I fucking hate that tag. Because, like, it's Dark Souls, it's Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and I'll give you Neo. <laughs> Beyond that, shut the fuck up. Not even Demon Souls. <laughs> that much of a purist. It's already, it's already Miyazaki. It's already in that franchise. I consider that Dark Souls. Yeah. I think that it's kind of like... But I don't consider Hollow Knight an insanely difficult game. It's skill-based, though, for sure. I mean, some of those bosses, I did encounter, like, a first boss. And I've it's only just done, like... like, I think, one or maybe three mm-hmm. um not the easiest in the world but i didn't think that they were super bad yeah and also you get your energy gauge or whatever it's called gets filled up when you hit people right and then you can hold b and consume that energy to refill one of your health tanks right so if you can balance that i do remember getting chunked by the first boss <laughs> like i think he killed me in like two or three hits i think the key was not to be not to get hit yeah <laughs> which is kind of like i think that's why people equate it with equate it with um dark souls but i think that publications miss out i mean it's convenient and it is clickbaity but i mean difficult games existed before dark souls you know maybe like hard game is it the next dark souls is not you know enough no. of a link i get that it does look really good though our style's crazy yeah. Um, I feel like there's another game I picked up semi-recently. No, we've been playing some Dungeon Defenders again. That's true, yeah. Dungeon Defenders 1, because 2 is cartoony and weird. Yeah, we, we gave 2 like a little bit of a sampling. I think we it honestly tried for like 2 hours. Yeah. We had, a, we had several it's people playing a free game. Yeah. I just, it doesn't maintain my interest. Yeah, there's something, there's something satisfying about playing a full game. Um, and then getting invested in a full game enough to like buy DLC packs and stuff like that. That was that was Dungeon Defenders one. Payday two, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And we're back to Payday two. No, uh Dungeon Dungeon Defenders is actually super great. 
Um, it's still very cartoony. It's yeah. slow but, moving. You have your typical goblins, ogres, orcs, mm -hmm. and you're defending a giant fucking crystal. Yeah, those are my summons. Is the, yeah. is the summoner right? <laughs> you get most of them. It's just, oh, it's a fun group game, a group yeah. defense of something, one common objective. Yeah, I Which think is different from like team FPS or something else. Yeah, it's refreshing, right? It's this nice, like nice little uh, kind of sit back, casually uh, deal with the waves, and eventually as you get to like the late game, which we're nowhere near right now, we made some new characters. Um, the waves do start to like kind of trail on; they get like a little bit longer, and you're like, all right, well. Are we gonna are we gonna clear this? You know what's going on, but it's um it's really fun, and I like the class design for the game. I mean, in some ways, the base classes were a little bit well, they're literally samey, and that uh, I think there's like two or three variants of like knight. There's like the female, the male one. They have like slightly different stats, but they mostly they build the same things and they do the same things. Yeah, I think their structures are pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody has some form of wall, unless you're the Huntress. Fuck me. <laughs> Which is why I'm going straight DPS. But I think everybody has an anti-air defense, to some degree. Uh, yeah, like probably. Like a ballista or a magic ranged tower. There, there's, like, exception classes. Some of the ones that they released as DLC, like I picked up. Um, so I play the summoner is the main thing. Um, they don't have traditional walls. Um, but they do have some guys that are, like, a bit wide, so they're just going to incidentally block enemies. Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, the other one who doesn't really have traditional defenses, I guess there's um, the Jester, who uh, she can summon, like, put uh, basically um, treasure boxes down, and they're cheaper than... Uh, possibly cheaper than whatever defenses they'll summon, mm -hmm. but they summon in random defenses when the match starts. Oh. <laughs> so you're just like, I'll put something here. It might be a wall. On top of that, that might be okay, because she has another ability that lets her reposition them. So mm -hmm. you're just like, I'll just put everything down, and I'll move it into place. Uh, that's a useful ability. Uh, things not a useful ability is the chance that her boxes contain ogres. Oh. <laughs> Which you cannot reposition. <laughs> sir, sir, when did you take a couple steps back and get back to the line? Yeah. And for our listeners, oh God, that's rough. ogres are just basically giants in this game. They, they walk up, d destroy almost everything, do tons of damage. And they're like walking meat shields. Yeah, tons of health. You don't want to spawn That's them. your DPS check right there. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot the fat guy. <laughs> you don't want them to spawn behind your walls, for sure. No. Um, or where you're expecting a wall to be. So, so anyways... Don't even use that part of that character. You just like spin a roulette wheel that um for like pretty cheap can upgrade defenses at like hefty discounts. So usually like when you're upgrading something to like a high level, it takes a bunch of mana, which you pick up off of enemies in the game. Mm -hmm. Or out of chests. Um but she has a skill where it's like she spins a wheel and it's skill based. You pick where each thing stops. Um and there's a bunch of combinations for what the uh the effects are based off of what it lands on so if it's like three mana crystals or something like that it'll just upgrade whatever the nearest defense is and you only paid that spin cost not whatever the upgrade cost is so if the upgrade cost is like 900 mana you pay 100 and it upgrades um so it's really cool like she's an interesting class but you don't want to build anything with her really because <laughs> you might just lose <laughs> yeah that's interesting having that um, degree of 
chaos or randomness yeah. to a, a character's design. Some of her spins are actually really, really bad, too. Like, it'll turn enemies to gold, which gives them, like, tons of health or vulnerability for a bit or something. The other one, like, um, some of them are really interesting. One sl- slows time for everyone. So it's actually obnoxious if everything's, like, well in hand and you're just mowing down the enemies and your gesture's constantly slowing time. And you're just like, nope, we're drawing this one out. Um, she can also, like, heal all allies on the map. Um, I think heal all defenses on the map. She has, like, some really, really powerful effects. But, like, if you screw up, sometimes it's terrible because she has some bad things, too. So you usually aren't, like, fighting enemies while you're spinning this wheel. You're doing it someplace safe. The other character, I, I mentioned the summoner, he doesn't make like static defenses. He plays the game like an RTS, basically. He gets this top-down view and uh, can just summon in units basically wherever he wants, and they're essentially just an army. Um, and he doesn't... Usually everybody else who's playing, they have to like share defense units, but he has his own specialized like uh, summoner uh, defense unit. So just don't count towards the psi limit, if you will. Yeah, so people don't care as much if you're throwing down guys instead of placing walls because they can still place walls so it is a fun game though i really like the uh the like moment to moment gameplay the like payoff of getting loot of creating loot yeah i always like the progression of like this is a better gear yeah which is why i've always loved like diablo 2 yeah as i was gonna say and the the children of diablo 2 over the years except for diablo 3 yeah <laughs> How many hours of Diablo have you played, though? <laughs> a decent amount. Yeah. Definitely more than I've played. Not Grim Dawn, the other one. Um, Path of Exile? Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, same here. What was the other one? Titan Quest. Oh, yeah, Titan Quest. Yeah. Titan Quest, we fucking suck some time into. That was good, too. Yeah. I like the RPG aspect of it. I like the progression. I like the people's approaches to how we're going to have like magic and uncanny beasts, etc. There's something about that that always draws me in and catches me. I also like the customization. Without getting like too too deep in the game, I like that you can pick like two classes, and then whatever your class oh, is, yeah. is the combination of those. And they all have names. Yeah. There's like 42 <laughs> yeah. unique names. But you can't go too crazy with it, because I think if you go too far with that, you become Path of Exile, which, mad props to everybody who like understands that skill system. I don't. Uh, I know how it works, but... This, like, kind of OCD, I hope I'm not making wrong character decisions, like, destroys me for that game. Because I'm like, I'm working down this path, and then I realize that I'm not going to get some active ability that I want. I'm just like, ah, no. (laughs) Time to roll up a new character. Although you can use uh, the town town teleport scrolls and identify scrolls as money. So (laughs) it's got that going for you. That's that's good. (laughs) I'd prefer my Deckard Cain and... White piece of paper wrapped in blue parchment. <laughs> yeah, having or having blue sash. Having common money can be pretty useful. How how's Decker doing these days? Is he... I think he died in three, right? <laughs> he does die in three, yeah. Okay. He basically dies off screen. It's... Then he's he's not dead as TV has taught me. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta be alive. It was not great. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they gave Decker Kane like family and shit, I'm like, oh, <laughs> not even worth. His family was pretty well tied to the story, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, granted, how, it, was, it was looped in. Yeah, I think like towards the end of the main story, uh, Leah becomes less relevant <laughs> to the plot. She starts to get phased out. <laughs> That's roughly when Diablo comes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess other things uh, we've played recently. Occasionally playing some Overwatch, Hearthstone, Blizzard stuff, but nothing too noteworthy. That's there. kind of ad hoc, right? Yeah, that's that's that that's not to say it's filler games. Please hire me, Blizzard. <laughs> but uh, those are kind of always there in the background, sort of. Yeah. Like I'll it's just... good to have like a, a bottom bitch of games, like a, a backup. <laughs> that's that's not the term I would well, use. <laughs> like for a while, I'd always go back to Skyrim as my. Dave's just gonna chill and unwind and play some Skyrim, right. hang out. Maybe Minecraft yeah. is one that people can always go back to pretty easily. Paragon. No. <laughs> <laughs> I played a couple games with you. It was alright, but it's kind of an inside joke. With usually I quit games. Um, like pretty early on but I played that game like casually just versus AI when I got home from work round or two clear dailies and then they cancelled the freaking game they got rid of it I might have been the only player <laughs> it was just me and like, this isn't sustainable <laughs> it's just Jake and the bots <laughs> he hasn't is he gonna make a purchase no he hasn't made a purchase <laughs> maybe if you had spent like five dollars on a, a yeah, skin I could have saved so many jobs ah <laughs> uh, yeah it was an interesting idea for sure Mm-hmm. Like, I like some of the character designs in the game, but as soon as you add verticality to it, yeah, it got weird. Like, it's weird to do a jumping attack, or you can't get up to somebody because they have the high ground, technically, Yeah, and you don't have a relocate ability. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that was weird in there. For me, I think a big part of it was just... It was honestly just the dogs barking in the background. I think that's the thing that frustrated me most about the game. Really? There's a way to turn that down just slightly. <laughs> now it was um, it wasn't always clear how far your abilities reached or your like your hit your hits would actually reach. Very true. And that that hurts a lot because uh, you can't really tell like a a no reg, uh, on like an attack is terrible. You're just like ah, I thought it went further than that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Dev game, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Rest in pieces. Have not been playing that one recently, but uh, I don't know. A bunch of stuff coming out. I've been thinking about playing like um, trying to trying to play something that we played uh, co-op, kind of like in the past. Something like Seven Days to Die, or Minecraft, or we something like that. that. Don't Factorial. don't do not start with Minecraft again. Yeah, because it's like every five or six months somebody myself included mm-hmm. everybody's to blame like we'll play minecraft start up a server again or restart somebody else's server and we'll play for like a week uh-huh. and then there's one day where like one person's on other people aren't feeling it maybe you have two people on tops yeah the next day nobody's on yeah and it's literally dead right then it's and not it- a verbal communication that goes out it's just uh <laughs> like you play one night like everybody's on for like mm-hmm. six hours and the next night, three, and then two, and then none. And it just, it phases off so quickly. It's almost like a cult stop, right? Like, everyone's, yeah. like, doing their tasks and stuff. It's almost like a, a Truman show type thing. And then Truman goes off screen and everybody just stops. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, well, I don't care about this paper anymore. I'm just going to leave the frame. Yeah. I did enjoy Seven Days, though. That was fun. Did you play that at all? Were you playing that with us? No, I think I was off being antisocial, and then I came back like two days later and you're like hey we're all doing this game yeah and i was and it's great <laughs> it was already at the point where i'm like dave i mean sorry jake has like what three more days to play it before he loses interest <laughs> yeah you're i don't want to like it drop 30 dollars on a was it a fully released game or is it, still it is beta? early access <laughs> yeah so that was my second red flag yeah and that's a huge red flag <laughs> at this yeah. point 
I mean, I will say early access or early release. Rust was good for that mm-hmm. because, like, we spent a decent amount of time on it. It's still actively undergoing changes. If I really want to get back to it, yeah, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I mean, we initially played as our squad. Yeah, all the old Spice days. Yeah, we had we had like a, a name. I can't remember exactly what it was for our group. <sighs> the other guys. Yeah, we were the other guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of stories there. Um, I don't want to necessarily weigh down the podcast with them now. <laughs> yeah, maybe one or two. Um, these are these are my mo- memorable times <laughs> of my life. <laughs> the highlights. I was born. There was that one time in Rust, and now. <laughs> yeah, like uh, it's just it, it was a zombie survival game. It did have a lot of um, uh, actually really well implemented survival mechanics, and there's a lot of those like. We may do an episode about a, a similar game at some point. Uh, I know UI and Dan um, played the Forest at some point. Oh uh, yeah, Forest is fun. Yeah, and the Forest is kind of like more isolated. I'd say Seven Days has more scavenging and whatnot. It goes back on sale. I might honestly just pick it up for you um, if I could get people to play it a bit because you could you could get like week or two, week or two out of uh, out of that for sure. <laughs> pretty good deal i mean i'm all for trying out things especially if they're free i'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna knock it for sure <laughs> right okay we're not talking about vices dave <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i'm trying to think of other short-lived games that we because a lot of our games that we find on seem like oh this supports multiplayer you can get a couple people to play see how it goes yeah a lot of them tend to be shorter lived Risk of Rain. I think we had like one successful we session. We never fucking played that game together. There was there was some no. Di- we there, did not. We I was, tried. I was gonna say there was technical difficulties. There's a lot remember. of technical difficulties. Yeah, but that's a good fucking game. I really like the the soundtrack for it. I just <sighs> soundtrack's amazing. Also, <laughs> we played. I didn't expect to enjoy it that much because it's just side scrolly shoot. Yeah. I was like, wow, that seems dumb. <laughs> and then I played it. I think I had like a, a two hour run. Uh, obviously, the longer you wait in the game, the harder everything gets yeah. as you progress. So I was at, you know, like a space station or something. Hmm. I was trying to like find some keys to get. Again, the story's gonna be shit because I remember nothing about it. <laughs> I but can't correct any of it. <laughs> I had a lot of life steal, so I take a hit, get down to almost no health, shoot like crazy, and run. And I do this constantly, and then when I got to the boss. The final boss took like 15 minutes because of the same reasons. Yeah. Underleveled. So I just like hit him and ran. Because <laughs> thankfully he didn't regenerate health. That was a good that was a good thing. Yeah, that's definitely a game we haven't played in a long time. We're, we're kind of just going across, we're branching through the years. And as far as the library is concerned at this point, you gonna buy Far Cry? <laughs> no, I'm probably not gonna pick up Far Cry. Yeah. At least not for full price. Yeah. That's probably fair. I've done enough open world stuff, done enough shooty stuff. I feel like it's not going to do enough to be like, oh, I really want to play it for this. Yeah. Have you ever um, have you ever bought a game just because it had co-op? Mm. It's not really a trick question. but <laughs> It seemed like a trick question. I was trying to remember, like, where did I do this? It does apply to this just because the game has co-op in the form of, like, a mercenary joining whoever the main character is. Mm-hmm. And then, like, whatever skills you get. And like character progression transfers back to your game, but you don't save progress other than that. From what I heard, like I played, I played my MGS Five. I played my mm-hmm. Marlo Briggs. 
other open world <laughs> I played that for 20 minutes. Yeah, I think we played it for 20 minutes, right? We had... Was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It was co-op, right? No. Or am I thinking of a different one? I'm thinking of a different one. That's a different one. I bought it, I bought it for like two quarters, I think, and gave it to Dave. Yeah, it was like insanely cheap. You're like, hey, play this, smiley face. I'm like, fuck off, right? <laughs> This is back when you had that uh, foolish policy of you'll play any game that people buy for you. <laughs> Don't tell people about the policy. <laughs> I remember you also got me a... There was a Some anime game. game, but it was just just dialogue. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Doki Doki. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just dialogue. It's like a... Just dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know if I would have if you didn't make the previous mention. Yeah. But that was a good... Double setup there. But I was drinking, and you were watching me play through Steam. I remember just getting frustrated, and you like you could. I think we were also like on Discord. You could like hear me voice my frustrations mm-hmm. about the game. I was just mashing through Spacebar trying to get through the dialogue because I didn't care. It wasn't playing a game. It was just yeah, clicking through some shit. Mm-hmm. And after forty minutes. I was finally free. <laughs> <laughs> was that the game? Was it just a visual novel, whatever you were playing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I won. <laughs> Which, I feel like it makes more sense to market it as like, oh, like a short little visual novel, but like, oh, it's a short video. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can click through as like a UI option yeah. for faster dialogue, but they shouldn't market it as a game because you do fuck all. Yeah. I guess that's probably... That's probably a topic of discussion. It's our visual novels and things like that, games. Or how interactive does a piece of medium have to be before it's a game, right? Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to readjust my seat for this one. <laughs> As I'm bumping everything. This will be... This, okay, readjust it, readjust it. This entire 40-minute uh, section we're about to jump into will be next week's <laughs> podcast. We're just recording ahead of time now. <laughs> Genius strats. So obviously there's certain walking similar type games where it's story-driven... But you need to live through it as the protagonist or some other person related to the story. And it makes more sense to be in the shoes of the character versus just seeing it from an outside perspective of like a little film. Right. There's some games immediately jump to mind that are kind of like that. They have like Firewatch. Some, I haven't played it. It was literally Firewatch, yeah. Firewatch, the one everybody talks about. Those things, yeah. Games that have walking simulator on Steam, non ironically. There's a lot of <laughs> ironic ones, though. I would even argue things like. Um, I almost want to put Soma in that category because mm-hmm. it's not really interactive except for like I have to pick up a thing and move it to here. It's very minor puzzle elements. Yeah. It's almost entirely linear. stealth elements. Yeah. It's very linear. You don't really have to do much so it's hard to say this falls under what I consider to be a game. Mm-hmm. It's still good. I really like the story. It's interesting. There's another one like that. Tacoma was the one I recently got. Tacoma? Yeah. It's made by the same people... I want to say who did Soma, or they did something else similar. Yeah. I don't think it was Soma. If all it might have been the that. same people who did Gone Home. Ah, uh, okay. Which, again, story-driven, walking simulator in a sense. Mm. But it's supposed to be more of a... You're experiencing it as the character. Me. So I think those are fine, but it's hard to consider them as games in the same sense you would of something like Overwatch, Halo. Something mm. you're playing for the... The action and the interactivity. More user inputs. Yeah. Like what about a game like um, one of the Telltale games, like Telltale's Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, something like that? Because those do have like a little bit of choice, 
but on average it doesn't matter that much. It just seems like it does. I would rate them a step higher oh, yeah. as far as interactivity. Because your choices do affect the story. If you tell a guy to fuck off versus saying, like, hey, have a nice day. Right. That, like I said, like, that person will remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it persists through that episode and then into other episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some decisions I made in Wolf Among Us, which I regretted later because I didn't realize the full repercussions of my actions. Yeah. And then the guy didn't have an arm later. And I was like, that was, that was on me. <laughs> <laughs> You can take this back. I don't need this. (laughs) But I think the Telltale games, out of like the two I've played, Mm -hmm. do a really great job of balancing these moments are tense, these moments are laid back. So I think the other one I played was the Borderlands Telltale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Into the Borderlands, I forget what it's called. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Tales of the Borderlands or Tales from the Borderlands or Tales from Outer Space. I don't know. Again, we're not sponsored by anybody. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Um, Please sponsor us. But it was, it's really good and interesting. The characters y'all like. But even the characters who you dislike, you learn to like a bit. Because you get to see people from essentially all facets of their personality. Mm-hmm. So like you see them in their good moments. You see them in their bad moments. But you see them as a rounded character and you understand where they're coming from. Yeah. It's not just like, man, that Dwayne guy is kind of a dweeb. Yeah. It's like, well... Personality tweet. Dweeb. (laughs) Here's why he does his actions and he has these mannerisms and other things. You're like, okay, I can relate to that person more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of... um, There's a quote I I really like and I try to remember it when I'm working on uh, D&D stuff and villains. And it's... um, uh, Every villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah, it's a classic one. And it's it's really important to keep in mind whenever you're thinking about like character development, because you don't want, unless you're making like a Saturday morning cartoon, you don't want characters who are just like bad for bad's sake. They're like given two options: will you pick the evil option or the good option? You're like, well, the evil option because I am evil. <laughs> like, good villains don't think that way. They're like, yeah. I might pick the evil option, but I have my reasons for doing it. And you may disagree or agree with my reasons, um, but if you understood my reasons, um, it makes it, it gives you more of an appreciation for the character, whether you hate them or not. Right. So right before I came over here, I was having my dinner and rewatching some Breaking Bad. Mm. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I know what happens in it, and I've seen the ending oh of it. Oh my god! You can just <laughs> say no and let me judge you immediately. <laughs> So I won't spoil anything for you? I already have, like, everything okay. spoil. So, Breaking Bad spoilers, possibly incoming. <laughs> well, good Breaking Bad spoilers, thank mm. you. So we have the character of Walter White, who... You start out seeing him as an average Joe, kind of likable, moral good character. Mm-hmm. But then through his decisions and other circumstances, which he puts himself into, uh, you see him degraded throughout the seasons of the show... And you see his character change. Yeah. Now, is he a bad person? Technically, yes. By the end, but probably, But he's yeah. still the protagonist, and you still... I mean, maybe not for everybody, but you still want to see him succeed and be happy in the end. Mm-hmm. You know that what he's doing, at least he perceives, is just a means to an end. And he's hoping it's all worth it. It's kind of the, the double down of the character. Something like Lelouch from Code Geass. Yeah, I was thinking of that. 
I think that's a. Uh, it's really interesting. Like he, there's been entire character studies on Walter Wright, White, right? Because he's like, uh, he starts off one. You give weight. You you give people the benefit of the doubt at the start of a piece of content. If you're just like, hey, there's a teacher at school. He's got cancer. People are already on board, right? It's just yeah. like. Uh, you made him the underdog. Yeah, he's he's already charismatic. You've got that. Even if he's not actually charismatic in the show, you're going to be rooting for him. But um, I know that certain parts in the show, there's like I remember a particular scene that I watched because I just watched clips on YouTube, um, where he was in uh, it was a storage unit I think with his wife, and there was just like a ton of money. It was all just like right there before them, yeah. and she's just like, "How much is enough?" Right, and he couldn't answer. Because uh, he, he reached that threshold, right? There's the, the there's the point where it's like, I'm no longer doing this because yeah. I want to provide for my family, like, a lot. It's like, I'm now doing this because I feel like I need this recognition. Like, I am, you know, Heisenberg or whatever it is. And, uh, like, he, he, he would be uh, diminished to reduce, like, return to his normal lifestyle yeah and at that point he becomes like an anti-hero if you, you could justify everything up to that but then he's lost his moral ground right um i really like Lelouch story though code Geass spoilers <laughs> such a good show yeah i just want to preface like everything i say could potentially be spoilers <laughs> yeah. I feel like no that's, it's, it's just important I, to, I can't really blanket yeah don't watch this if you don't want anything spoiled ever or listen to this yeah I mean as long as we give like some heads up like we're, st- we're talking about this and then we don't transition into spoilers within okay, five yeah, seconds yeah. before they hit the pause button I think we're okay okay yeah. so let's say Code Geass spoilers blanket mm-hmm. wait a couple of seconds are you still there? <laughs> Dave's are gone. We can talk about whatever we want now. Oh, sweet. Now that nobody's here. And we deviate from the script. <laughs> so you see Lelouch, you see his character, you see how he's driven, and that he wants to overturn Britannia, etc., etc., not going to the whole plot. But you see one of his plans backfire with the whole Euphemia thing, his sister. Oh, yeah, screws that up. Yeah, because he uses the command accidentally yeah. for her to go and kill all the Elevens. Mm. So after that plan horribly backfires, he's like, no, we can use this and lean into it. But at that point, he kind of has to. Yeah. Like, he can't... He can salvage the situation, right? Yeah. He can spin it in a good way. Mm-hmm. But it was... It's really hard for him at that point to just go back on everything and be like, Guys, I goofed. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually just the, the good thing. guy. Yeah, so he just keeps doubling down throughout the entire show, mm-hmm. and his plans always get more and more destructive. And then at the end of the show, I can't really say. Sorry, the end of season two, mm-hmm. he pins himself as like the ultimate villain, and then they kill him. Yes, or fake his death because there's gonna be a season three. Yeah. We'll see where the fuck that goes. Yeah, zero but gets him. It was really rewarding to see the character progression and his resolve trying to meet I would argue good ends Hmm. for the liberation of Japan yeah 
using unthinkable means. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to be like an all-powerful god. He just wanted to topple down what his father had set up, mm-hmm. who he blamed for the murder of his mother and mistreating of Eleven's and how he was kind of just fucking kicked out and treated like shit, too. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh... That, that kind of... That whole setup was just... It's kind of asking the viewer the question, uh, like, do the ends justify the means? How about now? How about now? How, How about, about now? now? Like, and at what point does that change, right? Ooh. What's what's your scope have to be? I want to throw in another spoiler warning. Okay. Fate Zero. Three... Two, one. So at the end of Fate Zero, so when Kuritsugu Emiya finally wins the Holy Grail War, yeah, that's what it's called. The girl is essentially asking him these questions. Like, let's say there's two people. She's two people. There's two boats. Mm-hmm. One has 400 people. The other one has 200 people. And they're both going to crash. You can only save one boat. Which one do you save? Right. Trolley problem. Yeah. And so it gives him, like, a series of trolley problems, basically. And, like, the, the end result is... He's saved X amount of people, mm. but how many people have like died in the wake? So at what point does that become cost effective? Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Because of everything he does. But it was interesting to see that in an anime. Yeah. Because traditionally let me say like a lot of anime is just filler shit. <laughs> because they just and like cartoons in general, a lot of them are just made to fill time or promote something get some viewers yeah mm. which is fine yeah but there are a lot of good animes that are thought provoking yeah you should take something away yeah from a good anime and I thought Fade Zero did a decent job of that it wasn't the focus of the anime mm. but it was good and I liked that yeah I really like I like when a, a medium like that a game or an anime or something like that they make um the protagonist has to make a sacrifice of some sort. It's like they either sacrifice something close to them, something that matters to them, um, or they sacrifice the very fact that they are good. Right? They sacrifice their worldview. They sacrifice uh, some some goal or something like that mm-hmm. to accomplish their means in the end. And then hopefully at the end, they're still uh, a hero and not an anti-hero, right? A lot of times, like something, this pops up in anime a lot, in good anime. Um, the difference between the hero and the villain is literally their like perception of the world, and then everything that they do is just based off of that. You just take like it is a trope basically, but you know a lot of times the villain had some particularly traumatic upbringing yeah. or something like that, right? But they just see the world slightly differently, and then everything that they do that makes them evil is just a branch of that. Yeah. I really like that. It's like a constant clashing of ideals, I mean, which is literally anime. Yeah. <laughs> because the protagonist and the antagonist will have such strong ideas on something or their beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's like fundamentally, I'm opposed to you, not just sidewise. It's full on. Yeah. There's a fundamental difference between me and you. Yeah, because you're not just fighting. You're also shouting out why you are correct. Yeah. And why what the other person is doing is evil and wrong it's like a world cannot be sustained by what you believe it's true at times it's a little tropey a little, mm-hmm. little cheap yeah well, you gotta but it can be done right a lot of times it's like so going back to Fate Zero you have Kuritsugu Emiya but you get to see the clashing of their ideas for what they want to happen with the, the Holy Grail War 
I really, I really enjoy that. I think that makes the show a lot better. Or to even double tangent back to Code Geass, you have Suzaku, who's trying to fix the system from the inside. Yeah. And sees that everything that Lelouch does as evil, because it is pretty, pretty one-sidedly not great. Yeah. <laughs> like you can give justification behind it, but no one's gonna say it's good. <laughs> yeah. No one's gonna go up and say like, "Hey, murder's okay." Yeah. Like nobody's like, "Oh yeah, I love war. It's the best." Mm-hmm. It's like at most it's justifiable, and that's yeah. like as far as it gets. And a lot of people wouldn't go that far. Well, in the movie, mm-hmm. that was a it's enough destruction. Yeah, millions of deaths. Yeah, to kind of like unify the rest of the people, but also less suffering, less mouths to feed. Yeah, it's pragmatic in a way. You can't have both. You can't have all just anime. You can't all have like elfin lied for like. Oh days and you're just like I'm I'm depressed now <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot about that show except it was sad there was a lot of that's the main theme there's a lot of titties and violence but key thing key takeaway from Elf and Lied the intro song absolutely gorgeous yeah like it's four minutes of this amazing haunting opera singing yeah which I still listen to to this day this is a pretty long podcast. Oh, we can just we can just add that to the start. Just the full song, not the usual thirty seconds. Copyright strike. Call it a day. These are <laughs> listeners. I don't know if we can get. It is good though. Please, if you are listening, that one listener. Yes, please Thank check you, it listener. out. It is good. It's really good. Yeah. So anime, anime was a mistake. That's <laughs> the the short of it. In summary, I learned from another game that anime is actually real. <laughs> And that One Punch Man is saving anime. <laughs> I think that's enough perfectly timed quips to uh, tag into our outro. Yeah. So Dave and I are looking forward to the uh, Breaking Bad anime um, to tie this all together and the game spinoff so we can have a podcast episode about that. Thank you, listener. I uh, hope that you have a good morning, good afternoon, or good night based off of when you are. Also to link this back to the Truman Show. Yeah, that's what he said. That was his thing. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I believe you. <laughs> He's like, in-, in case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I wish I had a tie tie back to uh, my food ranch from earlier, but I don't. That's a spicy podcast, Andy. <laughs> God damn it, chick. <laughs>